And hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. It only took two weeks, but the football season for the city of New York is over. There's so much to get into after the first two weeks, but we're going to get into the biggest headline. I know the Jets are the most recent team playing on Monday night, but I'm going to start with the Giants who made the decision to finally start Daniel Jones. He will take over in week three. And I agree with this move for a multitude of reasons, but I also have a couple of ideas why they made the move now, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But I'm going to start off with this. When you draft a quarterback in the first round, especially in the top 10, you got to play him. And for the Giants, this season, after two weeks, it's clear they're not going anywhere this year. They're not. And they need to get Daniel Jones reps. I think this is the right move. I think it's the right time. And I said this when I was doing the Giants preview. I said, here's the problem with Daniel Jones is if they wait half a season, put him in the second half, the second half of the Giants season is a lot harder. And I would rather have him get these reps early and be ready for the back end of this difficult schedule than struggle through that whole back end and potentially lose confidence. And for the Giants, you look at this team right now, they're not going anywhere. Daniel Jones is the future of this team. They made that draft pick. But there's three big reasons why I think they made the move now. Number one, Pat Shermer in this front office, they're getting killed because of how bad this team looks. They need a distraction. And Daniel Jones will buy this front office and this coaching staff an extra year now for coaching in his development. The second thing that I saw when I heard about this news that Daniel Jones was going to be the star for the Giants was, I always think about timing in the NFL. And the timing of this makes a lot of sense. And I have two theories why the Giants did this. One, they did it. And both have to do with timing. I'm going to think in the local area. The first thing is, when did they do this? They did this after the Monday night game. And did you see all the headlines in the paper? Not only was it about how the Jets were terrible, but it was also about how Odell Beckham Jr. was fantastic, his return to the Meadowlands, and I saw this in a couple different papers with the headline basically saying what the Giants could have had. And for Giant fans, it was hard watching Odell last night, playing well, putting up big plays, another spectacular catch, 160-something yards, and he's not playing for your team anymore. So I think this move was done to distract Giant fans in that aspect as well, but it also has to deal with the Jets too, because the Jets quarterback situation is an absolute mess. The New York Giants have been getting killed by the media, including members like myself, for not drafting a quarterback over Saquon Barkley. Now, Sam Darnold, I do think has higher upside than Daniel Jones, but he's going to be out a couple weeks with Mono. The storyline could be at the end of this year, where we thought the Jets could be a competitive team, The Giants could have the brighter future, and if Daniel Jones plays well, they will look better saying, not only did we get Saquon, not only did we not have to trade up for a quarterback, but we got in in Daniel Jones. And I do think that that is very aware. And when they always tell you, the owners and the coaches, that they don't listen to radio, they don't pay attention to the headlines, they do. Headlines are a big thing in the NFL. Why do stories get leaked? It's because someone wants them out. Why do stories get dropped on certain days? They want the story out. And what better time with the Jets reeling back to their third-string quarterback than for the Giants saying, hey, 
Our future's bright. We're going to have our rookie first-round quarterback in this upcoming weekend. But the third thing is look around the NFL. What has happened through the first two weeks? Quarterbacks have gone down. There's a lot of quarterback opportunities. And now it's clear that the Giants can say, well, without question, we're moving on to Daniel Jones. And if you have an offer for Eli, we will listen. Don't forget in Jacksonville, even though I do like their rookie quarterback, Tom Coughlin loves Eli Manning. You can't tell me he's thinking about sending a third-round pick there, especially if he has to trade Jalen Ramsey for a first-round pick. There's a bunch of teams. Could the Steelers? I don't think he'd be a great fit with the Steelers, but could he go there? It's possible. There are so many teams with injuries to the quarterback position that Eli Manning's value has never been higher. Now, to be granted, he's not getting you a lot. He might get you a mid-round pick, but he will get you something. And I also think it would be a good show of faith if they moved on from Eli for two reasons. Number one, it shows that they want to give Eli a chance to play somewhere else. But more importantly, it's shown that they have full faith in Daniel Jones. Because once you make this move, you don't go back. I still remember going back to Eli Manning's first year when he lost eight straight games or nine straight games. It was either eight or nine. I can't remember off the top of my head. But there was a game in Baltimore where Kurt Warner came in for a relief appearance and looked really good. And he told the Giants coaching staff after the game, don't you ever do that again. Because if you want this to work, you have to be fully committed to Eli. And right now, with this move, you cannot go back to Eli. You cannot afford to go back to Eli. Because if you do, it says two things. Number one, you made a mistake by benching Eli. But number two, you don't have faith in Daniel Jones going forward. So that's the big news. The Giants bringing in their rookie quarterback, which we knew would come sooner than later. I think that this is the right time to do it. I think this is the easier part of their schedule than the back half. And then we get to the New York Jets. This has been as bad of a first two weeks as you could have. And it's weird because you watch that Monday night game and you watch that defense, even though they were shorthand, you're like, this team, they're not that bad on defense. They have some players. They have some talent. But then you look at that offense and that offensive line and those skill positions, couldn't get anything done. And I'm going to say it again. This season was going to be determined by how Adam Gase developed Sam Darnold. I know I said that he had a built-in excuse for this year without Darnold. But last night, that offense lacked imagination. And some of the in-game calls by Gase were horrible. It, it, the end of the first half was an incredible example where it didn't show what faith he had in his team. So the Browns have the ball under two minutes. Instead of calling timeout to give the Jets more time, he lets the clock run all the way down, so I think it's about a minute 30. Browns punted deep in their own zone. It's 13-3. to Now the Jets have two options. Browns have two timeouts. They can basically run out the clock and not give Cleveland a chance, get the ball back, and start 13-3. to Or they can be aggressive. So the first play they run, okay, they're just going to run out the clock. They didn't throw a pass play that goes incomplete. Then they give the Browns another opportunity. They kick a field goal at 16-3 going to half. And for Gase, it just was another one of those things you're like, what is going on? And once again, Greg Williams, I understand they had the gaffe where Odell had that giant 81-yard touchdown catch. But for the most part, with a shorthanded defense, 
And with Tremaine Johnson sitting and having the guts to sit Tremaine Johnson on the bench, the Jets' defense, I thought, played pretty well last night. They played well enough to win. And that was without, arguably, two of their three best players. And I give them a lot of credit. And it's not a good look for Adam Gase when the best coach on your sideline is your coordinator. It's not a good look. And for Adam Gase, I don't think a lot of Jets fans were high on him coming into the season. But now, this could get ugly. And here's the most important thing with Adam Gase. He lost the locker room very early in Miami. And my biggest fear with him coming here was potentially losing the locker room. Now today, Jamal Adams, who was taken out of the game for the last five snaps for an offsides penalty, has apparently removed all mentions of the Jets from his Twitter and from his Instagram. While he's still following the Jets on Twitter, he has not followed them on Instagram, although he has told reporters that he has never followed the team on Instagram since he joined. And a lot of the first speculation and the panic, of course, with Jet fans is, oh my God, he wants a trade. Now, I don't think it will get to that point yet, but I do think that this is a clear shot across the bow that Jamal Adams is not happy. He's not happy with the losing. He's 9-25 since being drafted, and he wants things to change. And right now, if he's the best player on this team, the Jets, they need great players. If these players are telling you, they are telling you they don't want to play for Adam Gase or they don't trust Adam Gase, you got to let him go. And I know that old expression, don't let the inmates run the asylum, but here's the thing with the NFL, and we're seeing it, and I'm going to get to it on another podcast. You need great players. And I don't care what the Jets get back for a draft pick. If they were to trade Jamal Adams, you're not going to likely get another quality player like Jamal Adams. If they are telling you they don't buy into this coach, you get rid of him. Because this is his second time as a head coach. The reason they brought him in was to make this offense better. And I get the excuses are there. He's down to his third string quarterback. He's down in this game. But you look last night, it was the little things that bothered me. I understand that you are a team that's limited. But how are you not getting your wide receivers involved? Or Ty Montgomery involved? Like with jet sweeps or short, quick screen passes. When you are getting dominated by Miles Garrett, why aren't you chipping a tight end over there? Or a running back to, I don't know, stop him from getting to your quarterback? It was the little adjustments and the little things in the game that drove me nuts last night. I knew they were going to lose, but it was the things on offense where I saw the lack of creativity, the play calling when it's third and two and they're not giving the ball to Le'Veon Bell. It just, this is supposed to be a guy where his forte is offense. When you're an offensive coach and you're sold as an offensive genius, you're supposed to elevate the guys. And to be fair, Luke Falk did not play bad in that game. He did not play badly in that game. He looked more competent with the offense than Trevor Simeon did. But it was the play calling, it was the selection, and it was the penalties. Penalties show discipline, and the Jets had none. They had terrible discipline, especially on the offensive side, with holding penalties, false starts. It was ugly. It was an ugly, ugly game. And I understand that Sam Darnold would probably make this offense look a lot better. I get that. But I want to see some creativity. It's the little things. In that type of game, you have to understand the game plan. You have to understand what you're limited to. And it just seemed like Gase, there was no creativity. They weren't aggressive. 
how many passes is he going to have on fourth down, third down and short, where they just throw a quick little pass that's not even close to the sticks? I mean, come on. This was a, a game plan last night that they just didn't adjust. They just made silly mistake after silly mistake. Look, I get that we overreact early in the season, but now we're seeing this with players. If you're not having a good culture and you're losing a lot and they don't trust the head coaching staff, they're going to want to get out of there. And right now for the Jets, they can't afford to lose these great players that they have. And I understand that I think the back end of the season could get better when Darnold comes back and is hopefully healthy. But I'm looking at this week coming up. You know they're going to get killed. They already have a historic line of 21 against the Patriots. And look, if I'm Adam Gase, if there's anyone on this injury list, and I understand that they have had a myriad of unfortunate injuries to key players, if I have anyone that's even questionable, if C.J. Mosley's not 100%, he's sitting. Okay? If I have any one of these good players, I want them to be healthy by week four because we're going to be 0-3. And we need to try to sneak a game against either the Eagles or the Cowboys. But I'm telling you, it is not a good look for the Jets when their offense lacks creativity. And to be fair, I know it was a 23-3 game. But let's be honest, the Browns did not look that good. Baker did not look that good in that game. I mean, the Jets' defense played well enough to win. And that's without two of their best players on the field. And it's not a good look. And I said this after my first week. And I'll say it again after week two. It is not a good look when, as the head coach, it looks like you're being outcoached by your defensive coordinator. It is not a good look. And my biggest thing was Gase was coming into the season. Was he going to help Darnold improve? I have another thing for Gase to make it through the season and be the head coach of the Jets in 2020. And I know there's going to be a lot of excuses to, for him to use. But here's my new one, along with developing Sam Darnold when he comes back. Can he keep this locker room engaged and together? Because after two weeks, you're already seeing Jamal Adams. Now, I, he hasn't requested a trade, but he's sending a clear shot on social media. He is not happy with the Jets. You have to keep this together. And I understand that Gase is a no-nonsense guy, and I applaud him for sending Tremaine Johnson, who's been terrible. But you have a good group of young, talented players to build around in this organization with Sam Darnold, with Jamal Adams, with Quinn and Williams. This is a good core to start with, but you can't lose them. If he loses this team, I know usually we see the players go before the coach, but in this circumstance, I'm signing with the players because the Jets cannot afford especially with how bad they've been, to just sell off players for draft picks and hope for the best. They need to build around this core. And if Gaze can't work with the players and can't make those adjustments that doomed him in Miami, then he this is his second chance. He had to learn to adapt. And if he can't adapt, too bad. Get a new head coach in here to work with this team. And I understand there's going to be a lot of excuses with the injuries and with Sam Darnold. But it's the lack of creativity, the little things that drove Jet fans nuts last night watching Gase. And like I said, it's never a good look when you're an offensive genius and the offensive game plan is horrible. And on top of that, your defensive coordinator, who let's be honest, I'm not exactly happy with for calling out Odell Beckham. That was just a stupid move, especially when you're a defensive coordinator. 
but he had at least a game plan that was comparable, and at least he did his job and kept this team in the game. And for the second week in a row, the Jets' defense looked pretty good. It showed you that it has potential. It's not a good look for Adam Gase when he's being outcoached by one of his assistants. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you for joining us here today. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest NFL and New York football content. You can always follow us wherever podcasts are available, like on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Speaker, TuneIn, wherever podcasts are available. And, of course, reach out to us on social media using the handle Rich Sports Talk. And you can email the show, richsportstalk at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.